Hola chicas, welcome back to La Saludable Latina. Taran taran. It is lunes, Monday is here, and the week is just beginning. So we're going to start the week off with what I promised before, the well woman exam. Believe it or not, I get asked this question a lot by many women of different backgrounds, and sometimes in Spanish too. So if you want this episode in Spanish, please request it, and I'll be more than happy to do it. Even though my Spanish is not that perfect, I will try to do this episode in Spanish. Um, and a lot of you may think that I do talk Spanish perfectly, but I have sometimes a hard time with pronunciation and, and correcting the words or pronouncing the words right. But nevertheless, we're going to get started on this episode, the Well Woman Exam. So... What is the well woman exam? A lot of women don't know. They think, well, I just go in there for a physical. Yeah, it's kind of like a physical, but it mostly pertains to your woman health. So my explanation is going to be more completely like como un consejo, like an advice, what it is to have a well woman exam. And many of us are already getting advice um, and education from our providers that your well woman exam isn't really necessary Um, to be done annually, but every three years. So the fun fact is that for many women like myself in the age range of 25 and 35, PAPs are recommended every three years as long as there, there are no factors that make more frequent PAPs necessary. Also, you don't have to see a gynecologist for a well woman visit. You can actually see your care doctor, your nurse practitioner, or your physician assistant. There are very well-trained providers that can do this. It doesn't necessarily have to come from a gynecologist. So the question is, like I said before, what is a well-woman visit? Well-woman, it depends. There are six basic things that you should know in a well-woman exam. First of all, we need to know the preventative health. Prevention and planning. Yo, this is the biggest part that I think every woman should know. You should always know your own body, your symptoms, what's going on with you when your menstruation starts, because the more you know about your own body, the more the provider is going to know how to help you. And also the doctor's going to see that you really care about your health. So they're going to want to try to do everything possible to make sure you're on the right track for a healthier lifestyle. So prevention and planning. Going to the doctor only when you're sick is so last century. Nowadays, everything is about preventative care. So as you age, your body changes and will experience new challenges. So I'm a strong believer that every 10 years from your teenagers to your 20s to your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, etc., we're all going to be going through these different challenges in our bodies. And I have so many good topics that I'm going to be talking about in this podcast. So you better be tuning in and I hope you're liking the episodes. So the Well Woman Exam visit is there for you to understand your own personal health risks and how to readily avoid them. So number two, it's just like a physical, but it's more involved with your breasts and your cervical. So don't just get tests and ask questions. What's on your mind? Let the doctor know what's going on with your stress levels, your hormone levels, your nutrition, your mood, your medications that you're taking, your sex life. Is it spicy or is it dry? Your family's health history. Um, next to nothing is off the table. So it's very important, like I said before, the more you know about yourself, the more the provider can help you so you can do that preventative care. Asking questions and raising concerns also helps your healthcare provider know what's important to you and what he or she should screen for you. Speaking 
of healthcare providers. I know lots of healthcare providers that have seen many patients and they are in there for 15 minutes, right? You get 15 minutes max with the provider and you're trying to ask as many questions. So the more prepared you are for those 15 minutes, the more prepared the, the doctor's gonna be in answering those questions accurately because you have those well thought out and planned and they're gonna have a response for you. And even if they don't have a response for you right away, don't feel like, oh, this doctor's not prepared. It's maybe because they're trying to refer you to a specialist because it's out of their specialty. So that comes up a lot when the nurse practitioner can't address the issue. It's most likely that they're going to refer you to a gynecologist, to a special, specialist doctor that actually focuses more on the female reproductive system. So just remember to follow up consistently if they are referring you. Number three is going to be have a good relationship with your provider. You never want to go to your provider and be mad. And you also don't want to go to your provider for all the other things that doesn't pertain to your woman's health. One of the biggest pet peeves that I work with providers that are gynecologists is that if you go to your doctor's appointment and you're there for your annual woman exam, but then you're also asking, I have a headache, my stomach hurts, my, my toenail hurts, can you take a look at this? The providers are not family doctors. That's why you have your primary family doctor to deal with the basic things of your health. The gynecologist deals more with the woman's health issues and they really wanna focus in the area because that's what they specialize. They'll try to help you out and try to answer any questions pertaining that's not non-health to the woman's issues, but it's better for you to ask and save those questions for your primary care doctor because you wanna make sure that you use your time wisely in regards to your woman's health checkups with the gynecologist. So more than ever, healthcare is beginning to embrace the idea that, hey, maybe providers and patients should get along and have open dialogues about stuff. And this can be anything, like I said before, sex life, your history, your moods, your medications. So it's very important for your provider um, to know who you are, but also present yourself in a genuine level. Never go in there passing judgment on the provider or perhaps the other way around where the provider's passing judgment on you. Allow yourself to build trust into the relationship. And the more you can actually build that trust with your provider, the more likely it will increase the satisfactory the visit will be of your annual exam. And you'll also feel less awkward when you go in for those pelvic exams. I mean, I know there's plenty of times where I've gone and gotten my pap smear and I'm there, you know, we're all there sitting in that chair with our legs wide open and we're thinking, okay, here's this doctor who's gonna see my hoo-ha. And now the doctor's saying, uh, can you scoot a little bit more down? And you scoot a little bit more down and you think that that should be close enough because their face is right there and they're saying, can you scoot down a little bit more? And we all have those moments where we feel embarrassed, do not be embarrassed. They really want to take a look at their cervix to make sure everything's good. And they want to feel and make sure there's no changes within the cervix of the wall. So I know it's a little embarrassing time, chicas, but you got to scoot down on that chair as far as you can so the gynecologist can get a good look and good feel of your cervix. Number four, it's not always one and done. Okay, let's remember that. While the Well Woman exam visit is often talked about as a single annual visit, it doesn't always stop there. For example, let's think about the history of, of breast cancer in the family. If your provider decides that you should get a mammogram, then the doctor might talk to you about your family history. Now let's put for a good example, if you have a family history of breast cancer, and let's say you're in your 30s. Now, the annual screening for a woman to get their first mammogram is going to be at the age 40. However, if you have a higher risk 
a breast cancer history that runs in your family, mammograms can actually start as early as 30. And we're going to touch on that topic on another episode because I know all about mammograms, the recommendations, the results, the follow-ups, and what has to do with that. But a little bit more, if you do have a history of breast cancer in your family, your provider might decide that you should get a mammogram. If the mammogram is scheduled at a different time and place, this should also be covered by your insurance. So the mammogram should be a covered expense by the insurance and you should not be paying out of pocket. And I will also be talking on that other episode, resources if you're underinsured, underdeserved, and not working, how to get those free services. Because it's so important for women to get their annual mammograms done. And if you're younger than 40, don't worry, you can have something there's available resources for you. So we're going to touch that topic. But remember, it is October. So let's get those mammograms in. You know, do that education with your tias, your moms, your sisters, your grandmas to make sure they're checking their breasts and making sure they're getting their annual mammograms done. And the same deal goes for if you're asking for like um, birth birth control contraceptives. It's very important if you're going to go on the birth control pill to know all the alternatives of the pills or contraceptive methods so you know which one is going to be best suited for you. So it's very important to actually t- talk this topic with your provider because you don't just want to choose what the provider is going to give you. You want to make sure you choose what's going to benefit you because you're the one who's taking it on the long run, right? Por si cierto. Okay, numero cinco, number five. You shouldn't be charged for certain preventative services, including well woman visits. That is correct. Your insurance should be able to cover the well woman exam without you having to try and pay for the whole service. And what I mean by that, maybe I didn't make sense there, is that you shouldn't be paying for the service of getting your mammogram done, getting your pap smear done, the doctor's visit, labs, whatever. You may have to have a co-payment that you may have to pay at the beginning because you are seeing a gynecologist if you're doing the well woman exam with the gynecologist. Because remember, they're considered a specialty, so you will probably have to pay that $25, $35 co-payment. But if you're doing it with your primary care doctor, perhaps that co-payment might be a little less. However, under the Affordable Care Act, preventative service should be covered by insurance with no out-of-pocket expense. Be sure to say you're coming in for your well-woman visit when you schedule your appointment. And while it may be tempting to go tack your visit onto a sickish visit for, with your provider, try to avoid that because of billing issues. So you want to make sure um, when you, you're going in for your well woman exam, that you're not just going in for the well woman exam and trying to throw five things under there, like your nose is running, your headache, and you're out of medication because everything in the long run will be billed considerably to the insurance and or if it's not covered, we're going to let you know the price, right? Okay, so number six, the contents of your well woman visit are up to you and your provider. So as far as the services go, your visit could include any of the following depending on your current health status. So it can include a contraceptive counseling. It could include alcohol misuse screening. It could include your blood pressure screening, your cholesterol screening, which I actually did with my provider not too long ago was to check my cholesterol because I have a history of high cholesterol. And as petite as I look, I have certain health issues that I have to be watching out for. So I make sure to take preventative action to make sure that later on it doesn't cause a big issue. Depression screening, nutrition and diet counseling, HIV screening, and what that means is also including the sexually transmitted infection screenings, vaccinations, and immunizations. So make sure to check out what is it that you need from your well woman exam um, and what is you really focus on when you have that 15 or 20 minutes with your provider. 
So the World Women exam, there's a two part to the World Women exam and I'm going to explain very briefly. And on two other episodes, I'm going to go more detailed into what the World Women consists of separately because the World Women exam, it consists of a breath exam and then a pap smear. And then if there's any abnormal findings within the breast or cervical, I'm going to hit that on two other topics to let you guys know and be informed of what it is to be expected when you do get a normal result. Because I know a lot of us, we jump into conclusion like, oh my God, I have an abnormal lab. I have a normal result. What does that mean? I'm stressing out. And sometimes that result can be, you know, precautionary is where you need to take precautionary step and preventive measures to do other testing. But don't always think the worst case scenario. So going back to the well woman exam, it includes the Brex exam. So this is an opportunity for you to know, like I said before, your own body and your own symptoms. So it's very important before you actually go for your well woman exam to do your own preventative measure and make sure that your tatas, your boobies are in good health. So the things that you should be looking for at home is if there's any abnormal changes within the breast tissue. And this can be if you feel it physically or if you see it visually. Physically, what you're looking for is to make sure that you don't have any abnormal lumps or masses on the breast tissue. And you have to make sure that you actually do your breast exam at home. And I think the better outcome will be is when you're in the shower, when you can actually feel the breast tissue a little bit softer. And then you can actually feel if there's any lumps or masses on your breast mass. And if you do find one, make sure you know exactly the location so you can discuss it with the provider to see if she's going to have any recommendations depending on your age and we'll talk about that in another tema in another episode as well um so visually what you want to look for is you want to make sure that there's no dimpling around the breast you want to make sure that there is no bruises or red marks that are persistent more than two to three days they look like moretones like bruises you want to make sure that there's no swelling no itchiness um and also what you want to look out for is make sure that um, your nipples not inverted all the way in I hear that the nipple inversion is very normal and very common so don't fear right away like oh my god I have a nipple inversion I have to go in right away that can be caused by several things but the main thing is that you really don't want the whole nipple area and the areola to be all the way in because that can be an indicator that some perhaps maybe something's going on perhaps hear what I'm saying perhaps something's may maybe is going on also, visually, what you want to see is make sure that you don't have any nipple discharge. And what I mean by nipple discharge is that you may, some women do experience like watery milk-like substance discharge, which is completely normal. But what I'm saying, abnormal discharge is, what I mean by that is if you have yellow or bloody discharge. If you have that type of discharge, you want to make sure you make an appointment with your doctor right away and follow up to see and make sure there's nothing that you should be cautious of. So, First and foremost, always feel your tatas, look at your tatas, make sure there's no changes. And a good thing to um, document a diary or to keep a diary is to make sure that you document if you do find some unusual findings is to track it and, and put it in a journal to see if there's any differences from this month to the next month. Because if it's not something that you feel like it's very urgent, but it's kind of like, okay, I, I, I feel that it's there, but I don't feel like it's going to be affecting me tremendously and maybe I can address it maybe in two months from now make sure you write it down in a diary or in a journal so that way you can put it okay I found this you know a lump mass in January 1st now we're in October it hasn't really increased in size but it's still there it's not painful but I still feel it I think it's time for me to go in now you don't want to wait 
from January to October, 10 months to follow up on that lump. You wanna make sure you, if, you know, most women will probably delay care because we are known to delay care. Why? Because we put family first, work and everything else first before we go into our own health. So please don't delay doing your exams and making those appointments and going to those appointments. Um, I wanna make sure that if it's something that you're not gonna address within a month, that's fine, but make sure you follow up after a month. Don't wait three months, four months, five months, 10 months to check it out. You know, I always say don't wait more than a month because then you're just gonna be, you know, contemplating if you're ever gonna go in. So that's part of the breast exam. If you have any questions, feel free to comment below and I will try to address any questions and give advice. And always remember, always, always, always go to your doctor. This platform is here for advice, for support, to educate you because primary prevention is the key. The second part of the well woman exam is your pap smear. And your pap smear is actually performed, like I said before, it could be done by a family doctor, nurse practitioner, or it could be done by a gynecologist. And what they do is they actually take, you know, the pap smear utensil and they open up the cervix area to be able to collect a sample of the cervix. And what they're looking for in that sampling is to make sure that there is no abnormal change within the surface of the wall, but they're also gonna be collecting some of that fluid to also test, make sure that you don't have any STDs. Even if you're in a monogamous relationship, they're always gonna make sure and check that you don't have chlamydia and gonorrhea, because I think those two are covered in the pap smear. Now, I always say, regardless if you're in a monogamous relationship or not, you should always get screened for the STDs, which is known now as STIs, sexually transmitted infectious diseases. I always say get, you know, get screened for it because, you know, I think it's a good prevent, primary preventative health um, to do that. And it, it never hurts to make sure that you know that you're doing well in your own health and you're physically doing well inside and out, right? Let's get on it, girls. So that will be the pap smear. And depending on your pap smear results, like I said before, it is known if you do have a normal pap smear, the recommendations are not gonna be now every three years because it's not gonna be done annually anymore unless you have an abnormal pap. But I'm gonna save that talk for another episode. Now, ladies, that is all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or if you had an experience about a funny story when you were getting your well woman exam, please feel free to share and comment below. I already shared in part of this episode, you know, when I go to the gynecologist, you scoot down, they say scoot down a little bit more and I say, aren't you close enough? And you know, before you know, they're all up in your grill and your little hoo-ha and they have to do what they need to do. So. Stay tuned for the next one, and we're going to go into a little bit more about if you do find a breast abnormality and what are the possible rec recommendations that a doctor can actually order for you. And I'm going to talk about from the ages of 20 and on if you do have any abnormalities um, of breast tissues. And that's going to be a very good topic to hit because we are in the month of October. Remember, it's pink awareness. Let's stand up to cancer. Let's fight breast cancer. Let's be there for our women and support. Let's walk, let's cheer, and let's just keep growing together to make sure that we're all taken care of. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, adios.